now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Welcome back. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro here inside the Mockadoo Studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. It is a Tuesday. It is a top Tuesday. It is a all-star break for, for the NBA Tuesday. It is the thick of it for college basketball Tuesday. It is off-season that's creating a ton of news for Major League Baseball and NFL Tuesday. Um, it's not even quite the free agency season for the NFL Tuesday, but that's not stopping everyone from hyperbolizing or hypothesizing, I should say, uh, everything that's going to go on. So there's a lot to make sure you stay up on. And I uh, understand that you have a life, right? You have dinners you have to eat and cook. You have events you have to go to. You have work that has to get done. You have chores that have to get done. And because of that, you can't read every stat. You can't analyze every article. You can't watch every game. You can't be up to date on everything. We can because it's our job. And then what we do is we package it into a nice little five-minute segment, uh, completely self-contained. There's a ticking clock. It is exactly five minutes. If you listen to it each day, you will be covered on the biggest stories in sports. And it's a segment we call Got You Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. Scary, scary, scary sight last night as they resumed running of the Daytona 500 and completed the race. Denny Hamlin gets the victory, but it was a somber, somber mood following the race as Ryan Newman with a scary crash in the final lap. Uh, the, the Not much information coming out of NASCAR for hours following the race. He was taken immediately to a hospital. Uh, car was upside down, flames everywhere. It turns out that while he is in serious condition, uh, as of this morning, reports are coming out that it is not life-threatening, which is as good as you can expect after a scary, scary crash like that. Uh, and again, it just raises so many questions that so many people have about NASCAR uh, as an activity. But uh, today, it is just most important to think of Ryan Newman, his family, and hopefully they are able to come out on the other side uh, not uh, or excuse me, avoiding any tragedy that would, that looked almost likely at the end of that race. Uh, elsewhere in sports, North Carolina blows a 15-point lead to Notre Dame, and I can say this with all honesty. I have never seen a Hall of Fame coach be as lost as Roy Williams has been this year. Uh, he's been crying. He's been saying his team's not talented. He's been blaming himself. He doesn't know what to do. And after the most recent loss, he's turned into the the hard scrabble disciplinarian that's going to motivate his troops with, with tough love, saying you got two choices. You can compete your butt off, or you can get in the fetal position and curl up and start crying. I have never seen a Hall of Fame coach scramble so aimlessly like Roy Williams has been doing this year as UNC coasts to a six-straight loss. A sportsbook has put the over-under on Astros getting hit by a pitch this year at 83-and-a-half. 
which I actually think is an extremely low over-under. The last five seasons, there have been nine teams that have been hit more than 83-and-a-half times in a season. And if the Astros emerge from this season as anything other than the most hit-by-pitch team in the history of Major League Baseball and certainly in the last decade, then I will be absolutely flabbergasted. If you are a gambler and you can get a, a bookie or, or your guy or a sports book to take the money on the over-under Astros hit by pitch at 83.5, go ahead and hammer the over. The Atlantic Coast Conference came out in complete support of a one-time transfer rule allowing athletes to transfer one time in their college career and not have to sit out. Essentially a no-restriction transfer. This is a move in the right direction. It's not quite where I want it to be, where athletes can do what other students everywhere else and every other department on campus can do, which is go wherever they feel best. It's not quite that, but it's still better. Coaches will have to re-recruit all of their players every single day, knowing that they can leave if the coach doesn't make it worth their while to stay in the program. And I think that is the first step towards getting student-athletes all of the proper privileges and rights that they do deserve. Uh, as we move along here, Mike Tomlin stood up for Mason Rudolph, went on ESPN yesterday and essentially said, the only reason I'm here is because there was some some false statements made about Mason Rudolph and, and there weren't uh, the proper citations to investigations. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers did an investigation. The NFL did an investigation. And absolutely no evidence was turned up that Mason Rudolph used any kind of racial slur to incite Miles Garrett during the brawl on Thursday night uh, or earlier this football season. Mike Tomlin is a quiet dude. Mike Tomlin does not search out the spotlight. He does not go on ESPN for any reason looking to become a star. And when you are that type of person and you come out as aggressively as he did, it says something. And Mason Rudolph officially has the second line on his retirement notice, right? Whenever he retires, the first line will say, probably most known for the brawl that he and Miles Garrett were a part of during the 2019 football season. The second sentence is now, Mike Tomlin, his head coach, a future Hall of Famer, vehemently denied any allegations against him. And that's about as good as you can hope for if you are Mason Rudolph. Some reports out there that Matt Stafford is available in the trade market from the Detroit Lions. I'll tell you this right now. He is better than in his prime Phillip Rivers. Just because he has been locked away in Detroit with a team that couldn't get it done for most of his career does not mean he's not a good quarterback. If you're a good team and you want to win right now, a new guy just popped to the top of your list, and that is Matt Stafford. Tim Donnelly's show continuing now that we've gotten gotcha covered. Uh, out of the way early on this Tuesday. It is 6-13, February 18th, and it is uh, it is time for, with it being a Tuesday, it's time for the Top Tuesday list. This is the top three. It's Top Tuesdays with Tim Donnelly. Here's your top three. Top three, real simple. This past weekend, All-Star Weekend for the NBA, there was a little bit of everything. There was Chance the Rapper performing. There was Jennifer Hudson with a Kobe tribute. There was uh, Magic Johnson with a Kobe tribute. There was the three-point contest, the dunk contest, the skills challenge, the All-Star game. I'm sure there were a ton of parties. 
There, there was the Celebrity Game. There was the Rising Stars Game. There was a ton that goes into All-Star Weekend. Um, so what we've decided to do for this top three list is real simple. Count down the top three things. Top three best parts is what I have written down. Top three best parts of All-Star Weekend. Number three. Chris Paul catching an alley-oop dunk. And and here's why. Not only because, you know, Chris Paul is six foot listed, probably 5'11", not only because he's 34 years old, but because sometimes I think there's a, a large segment of the population that needs to be reminded that just about every single person on an NBA basketball court is loads and loads and loads more athletic than the most athletic person you know. It's Sometimes I have to remind people, right? Because I, I come in just under 6'4", right? Like 6'3", a little bit over 6'3 and a half. And in most circles that I run in, I'm a tall person, right? People ask me to get things off the top, of, top shelf. On an NBA basketball court, I'm an undersized guard, right? I am small. In my prime, I could I could catch dunks off the backboard and everything, and I would still be by far the least athletic person on an NBA basketball court. I could do a 360 dunk. I could do a windmill. I could catch it off the backboard. Chris Paul, at 34 years old, six feet tall, caught an alley-oop in an all-star game. There might have been like a six-month window where I could catch an, uh, an alley-oop that aggressively. The, the, the fact is, unless you know a professional athlete or unless you're good friends with an all-ACC basketball player, every single person, even the old, short, tons of mileage on, on his tires point guard is significantly more athletic than anyone you know. And that's why we watch pro sports. That's why we watch the All-Star game. Right, Because we like to see things we can't do. Do you know what I don't like to watch? People do stuff that I can do. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't watch. right? I wouldn't at all. It'd be really boring. I'd be like, well, I can jump. Like, Imagine if, <laughs> Lobro, imagine if you could clear, uh, uh, how high do you think you could jump? Like reverse limbo style, jumping over a, a bar. Oh, man. Um, like four or five feet maybe? Five. We'll go five. Okay, five feet. Imagine if the Olympic high jump was like five feet two. You wouldn't watch that. You'd be like, oh. I, I could do that. Yeah, all right. Lower it an inch and watch me get after it. Like that That wouldn't wouldn't change anything, right? So so sometimes we just need to be reminded, and I think Chris Paul did an awesome job catching an alley-oop, um, that it's just like, oh, you're right. Even the ones that don't look athletic on a basketball court, on an NBA court, are still recklessly athletic. Number two. The dunk contest. I think I am comfortable comfortable putting the dunk contest as the third greatest dunk contest in the history of dunk contests. Behind only Vince Carter in 2000 and behind only, uh, or only, Vince, Vince Carter in 2000 and... Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine and whatever that was, 2015. Aaron Gordon 
might be like the fourth best dunker of all time. He's been in the dunk contest three times. He's never won. It is the ultimate snubbing. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. might be uh, one of the greatest dunkers of all time. I don't know if he can play basketball, but what he did in the dunk contest is absolutely bananas. There were three or four dunks that are insane. Pat Connaughton's dunk where he jumped over the guy, tapped it on the backboard is absolutely insane. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just good old-fashioned entertainment. And the dunk contest is a bit like New Year's Eve. You know what, New, you know what they say about New Year's Eve, right? No. It's the, by far the worst uh, holiday because you always go into it with high expectations and it never lives up to it. Right? You ever go into to like an all-inclusive New Year's Eve party? I don't party. Okay, they they, they have a these all-inclusive New Year's Eve parties where you can buy a ticket and drink for free all night and be at the party and dance, right? But what they don't tell you is it's going to be a room that holds 12 people and they're going to fit 1200 in there. And anytime you want to drink, you're going to have to wait in a 45-minute line. And even if you just spend the whole night getting a drink, getting back in line, getting a drink, getting back in line, getting a drink, getting back in line, you're still barely going to have a buzz by the end of the night, right? New Year's Eve is always, always better off spent at a house somewhere with a small group of people that you would have a great time with than it is going out to the most crowded party section of the bars that you can find. That's the dunk contest, right? It's you go in with, oh, this is going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. And 99% of the time it's terrible. But that one time when it pans out and you have the most wonderful night of your life, it's awesome. And that I'm putting this year's dunk contest in that category. And last number one, effort. Effort, effort, effort. The number one best thing about this All-Star weekend is that the NBA was able to coax, motivate, whatever you want to call it. They were able to get effort out of their players in the All-Star game, whether it was putting little checkpoints along the way at the end of each quarter and naming a winner of each quarter so they had to start playing for the win earlier, whether it was the fact that they were honoring Kobe, one of the hardest workers ever, by working hard, I don't know. But but the number one thing for All-Star games, whether it's the Pro Bowl, Major League Baseball All-Star, All-Star game, NHL All-Star game, or the NBA All-Star game, is effort. If the players are playing hard, it's awesome. If they're not, it stinks. And the number one best thing about this year's All-Star Game is the players tried hard. They put out effort. Joel Embiid, uh, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, the guys that actually load manage and are so smart about it, they said, no, 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 no. Today, we're going for it. And you have to respect that. Let's take a break. When we come back, there will be a serious conversation about Ryan Newman. Serious condition, non-life-threatening injuries. At least that's the report. Uh, we'll get to that next right here at Tim Donnelly Show. Hokey News. Hashtag Hokey. ACC News. A team like Duke who went on to lose to everybody by a billion. An opinion. This year is finally the year where this program is without a doubt. Justin Fuente's program. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM as well. 
We are live inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline, 540-639-4900. That's 540-639-4900 for the Baker team hotline. You can catch us on the TuneIn app uh, live every single weekday morning, 6 to 9. You can also catch us on WRADradio.com. And that goes for all of our WRAD programming. Um, I'm not a NASCAR guy, and I feel like I do have to preface that, right? Like acknowledge your biases, acknowledge that um, when I talk about NASCAR, uh, it's not coming from a place of someone who loves the sport. I do believe that what drivers do is extremely difficult, right? Now, I can go in on you know petty conversations about NASCAR uh, some other time because I, I don't think it's, it's appropriate um, when, when Ryan Newman is, is in the condition that he is in. But last night was hard to watch, right? I'm the type of person who, when someone's knee bends the wrong way, you know what I'm talking about, where there's the, like that, that cringe moment where someone's knee bends the wrong way and you know that they just tore everything in their, their leg. I don't watch the replay. I can't watch the replay. I, yeah. I look away and I tell my wife or whoever I'm watching the, the game with, uh, let me know when they're done. So last night, watching Ryan Newman slide and his car go flying in the air and then uh, the flames and, and, and everything that comes along with it, I can't watch that kind of stuff. And, and part of it is that's a, that's a dude in there, right? That's a guy in that car. He's got family. He's got friends. And and they're probably seeing it the same way we are. Right? They're watching the race. They're watching the event, uh, rooting for their guy. He's, he's going to be near the top. He's going to have a big payday. It's going to be great for his career. It's the Daytona 500, and he's in the mix. And they go from that high to, I'd have to imagine, and I've never experienced this, I'd have to imagine about the lowest you can go, which is suddenly not knowing anything about the condition of one of your loved ones. Now, hours after the race, they finally put out a statement saying that the uh, injuries were not life-threatening, but he is in serious condition. And, and again, as a friend and family, like that's comforting, right? But that's not, they're not out of the woods. Right? And then hear everyone go, oh, thank goodness. It's like, wait, he's still in serious condition. You know, we talk about the, the dangers of football, and I'm just using that because that is a sport that I care about, and that is a sport that I write off some of the, the negatives about because I feel like the positives outweigh the negatives, um, and I can acknowledge my hypocrisy. We get nervous about football because players are bigger, stronger, and faster now than they have been in the past, right, because they're – they used to be 210, now they're 240. They used to run four fives, now they run four three fives. These cars are going 200 miles per hour. And he hit a wall and went airborne and hit the track. That's not something that, that many people walk away from. So I think... NASCAR, and again, these are the conversations that I don't want to get too in-depth with because right now it's just about, you know, whatever decisions led to this moment, it's just about Ryan Newman. But NASCAR has to look at itself deep in the, the eyes and, and decide 
How do you make things like this not happen again? I don't know if there's a way to, especially without drastically changing the sport. In Ex- some and maybe crazy you way. have to think about drastically changing the sport because last night should have been a celebration of Denny Hamlin's third Daytona, second straight. Right? Instead, he's being criticized for doing donuts after winning the Daytona, essentially winning the Super Bowl of his sport, and not immediately turning into a a mourner for for an injured comrade. So it, it's tough. NASCAR has a lot of questions to answer, and we'll have those conversations at at another time. When we come back, North Carolina blew a lead to Notre Dame and Roy Williams, once again, off the deep end. Tim Donnelly Show back on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM as well. There's something comforting about we we all get in situations where uh you just don't know what to do right you just uh throw something to the wall see what sticks right you call up your family your your mentors whatever you can and go listen i i don't know right the the answer isn't always obvious and coaches seem like one of those professions where nobody does that right? You ask a coach a question, guess what the coach is going to have? An answer. And even if it's not right, they're going to say it's right, right? You could, you could walk up and say, where's the best sandwich in town? They could have gotten into town the day before, and they will mention the one sandwich shop they saw on the drive-in, right? They, they don't like not having answers. And I'll tell you this right now, Roy Williams doesn't have the answers. Roy Williams has no clue how to get the most out of this year's North Carolina team. Only the difference between a normal person and him is we would all say, hey, listen, guys, I don't know what's going on here. He, on the other hand, just keeps throwing different things at the wall to see what sticks. Right, right now, this is what Roy Williams is. Uh, you ever been driving around with someone stubborn who's completely lost and they refuse to ask for directions? Oh, this, this, yeah. See, this might be before your time. You got to go back before we all had navigational systems in our pockets. How about uh, MapQuest? We download you, directions. You print them out, or we used to have this one. Ready? We used to have a giant map that we called an atlas that we kept tucked into the the pocket behind the the driver's seat and anytime you know you're driving to grandma's house or anytime you're you're on the move you'd have to whip out the atlas and whoever was in the passenger seat would be the navigator and you'd flip through these big pages made of like newspaper like thickness and you'd flip through and you'd have to find and you well we can take the 17 up to the 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 I95 and get on I95 exit 37B I remember back in uh, remember back in like school when you'd learn about the different types of like books like dictionaries, encyclopedias, atlases. It's like we don't use any of that stuff nowadays. I remember the first time there was a digital encyclopedia. It was called Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, really? So that was the first digital encyclopedia. And it was like everyone had to have it. And I remember being so like my parents, especially. I wasn't because I was still young. 
but like blown away that, you know, you could search, right? You could just type in volcanoes and it would bring up the segment on volcanoes rather than having to go to the V, bring out the V, go to the VO, VOL, volcanoes. So my point is this. There are going back to just the navigation thing before we get too sidetracked on a on a technology of today rant. Um, right, there's been those people that refuse to ask for directions. They're stubborn. We'll get there. I know where I am. Well, we just passed that quickie stop for the seventh consecutive time. We're driving in circles here. Um, that's Roy Williams. Roy Williams right now is lost, and he's tried everything in his book. Right, he tried coming out and degrading his team, seeing if they would be motivated by shame. He said, this is the least talented North Carolina team I have ever coached. It didn't work. They lost the next week. He came out and said, this is on me. This is one of my biggest regrets in 35 years. This is what I've been doing wrong. I need to coach better. It's on me. Didn't work. Team kept losing. He brought back Cole Anthony. Right? Cole Anthony was going to be a top five pick at the beginning of the year. Mock drafts, I've seen him in, have him falling well outside the top 10. But Roy Williams brought him back and threw him into this dumpster fire, thinking he might be the piece that could could, uh, unlock the rest of this roster. That proved not to be true. And now he's he's turning into a motivational speaker, right? The, The Ray Lewis motivational speaker. Right, just sending out words that he thinks sound inspirational. Right, I, I vividly remember. Uh, I think it was on their way to the 2012 Super Bowl. Joe Flacco, who was a the leader of the offense, while Ray Lewis was the leader of the defense for the Ravens. Joe Flacco essentially said, "Like, yeah, I never know what Ray is saying, but everyone else seems to get hyped about it." Right, honesty, you don't hear that often about Hall of Fame speech givers. But Ray Lewis used to just scream nonsense. Today, you got to play for your brother. Your brother is who you have to play for today, and tomorrow your brother will be playing for you, but today you must play for your brother. And everyone would look, yeah, and they'd run out there, and it's like, that's just words. You put them in that order, they don't mean anything. It's just words that seem like they should be inspirational. Roy Williams said, you got two choices. You can compete your butt off, or you can... (laughs) You can get in the fetal position and curl up and start crying. And then he went on to say, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to bleeping compete. And then he can't double back and said, I don't know what I'm doing with the cursing. And he started using uh, the words that, that kids use to replace, right? Uh, you know, kids don't curse. They have like their version. Oh, drat. Oh, shoot. That's what he was doing. <laughs> it's, it's, he apologized for cursing during a rant about his team either curling up into the fetal position or not. Have you ever seen a no-doubt Hall of Famer, multiple-time national championship coach, this flabbergasted? This just at a loss. Just completely at a loss. Um, on social media, you know, every once in a while you have those autoplay play, uh, videos pop up and I'm talking about you're scrolling and then all of a sudden it's playing and, and then it's three and a half minutes later and you're still watching it. Yeah. One of those happened to me the other day and it was just, uh, home, home or DIY fails, right? 
Mm-hmm. The, uh, a guy cutting a tree down up in a ladder, and then he doesn't realize that his ladder is leaning up against the branch that he is cutting down. So as soon as he cuts it down, he and the branch all come down. Stuff like that. And there were multiple where, uh, like, you're, you're hammering something on the, the, a beam up in the, the, the cross-section of the ceiling. And you hammer once too hard and, like, the whole ceiling comes down. Yeah. And then the, 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 it was a guy that did it, would just look at the camera, like, deadpan, like, you've got to be kidding me. Right? Didn't say a word. But you could just tell he was like, this was supposed to be a 15-minute quick fix. And it just turned into the next nine weekends consecutively. I'm going to be in here on a ladder fixing all this nonsense. Honey, you can cancel the vacation uh, at the beginning of summer because I'm still going to be fixing this this beam on the, the ceiling of the, the den. That's Roy Williams. That's Roy Williams. He's going, guys... I don't know. I was I was trying to help. I made it worse. I tried to fix that. I made it worse. Ceiling just fell. The ceiling just fell. For some reason, the ground is wet. I don't think I hit a pipe, but there's a flood somewhere. There's a leak somewhere. When I knocked down the ceiling, it revealed black mold. Everything's going bad, and I don't know how to fix it. I'm not an actual handyman. I'm in over my head. Just call a guy. Just call a guy. Wait, I'm the guy that you're going to call? I'm the Hall of Fame coach that's supposed to be able to fix this? All right, I'll try something else. Should I yell at him? Did it. Should I degrade him? Did it. Should I cry and, and, and blame? I did it. Should I blame myself? Try to own up? I did it. Should I get weirdly motivational? I did it. None of it worked. Does anyone have some flex seal? That's it. That seemed to work in the, the infomercial. Can I put Flex Seal over this leak? See if it works. Now, what do you do in a situation like that where you've exhausted everything? Do you just kind of hang up your hat? A coach should know. That's what I'm getting at here. A coach should know that roster better than anybody. It's not like should he, know what yeah. makes each individual player tick. Should yeah. know how to get them off the schneid. Should know this guy needs rest. This guy needs me to ride him hard. This guy needs me to yell at him. This guy needs uh, an assistant coach to give him one-on-one uh, tutelage. This guy needs um, help with his schoolwork because the stress from school is getting – like you should know your team. There's 12 guys. Less of them play. You need to be involved in that team. And that's why it's such a surprise because Roy Williams is good enough to be able to do that and he is just lost. Absolutely lost. Let's take a break when we come back. Let's, let's stop stop bashing Roy Williams here and start talking about all these pitchers that are going to be bashing the Astros next. He can't wait for Space Jam 2. So, what do you say we go for a little spin? The Tim Donnelly Show returns next on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, AM as well. Uh, Lobro, why don't we go ahead and hook him up with a half-hearted weather report? It was very blue outside. That's nighttime. Oh. No, it's very blue outside. But, uh, it's not blue. It's Actually, it's morning. <laughs> the sun's not out. 
it's it's morning outside, but uh, it actually I'm wearing a very thin long sleeve shirt hoodie thing, and I'm comfortable. Like it's actually really nice. And I had to get gas late at night last night, and which was terrible. Hate get, hate having to go late night gas. Runs. You know what? You know what is the worst decision that we've all made a dozen times? What's that? Driving home thinking I'll get gas in the morning. See, that's what I was thinking because, like, you know, I got to be up early, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, I'm going home. It's awesome. And then I, and it says fuel low, and I'm like, ah, like I forgot completely, forgot about it. When and the so when the e light pops on on the drive home, and you think I'll just get it in the morning, is the ultimate like tomorrow you is going to hate current day you. Yeah, and so I had to go back out, and it was dark. It wasn't that cold though. Like it was really comfortable. I I, I like this temperature a lot. If it could stay like this, I'm. I'm cool with it. So, but it's it, like, you know, it's kind of like a refreshing, like 40, 50, 50, like maybe 52 or so, 51, 54. Can we, can we actually find, hold on. I, I want to see what the weather is right now, right <laughs> where we are. Oh man. You're going to fact check me. Well, you're just throwing out numbers. It's 43. Hey, I, I said 40. You said 51, 52, 53, 54, 54, 40, 53. Yeah. It's not too bad. All right. As all, is that is Lobro with the Half-Hearted Weather Report. As always, he is. Not a licensed meteorologist. They've set the over-under for Astros being hit by pitch this year at 83 and a half. Just the fact that someone set an over-under for this is, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. We've heard Cody Bellinger, Chris Bryant, Mike Trout has come out now. Um, Trevor Bauer, a lot, a lot, a lot of players that are well, well, well respected in baseball have come out completely against what the Astros did, completely against how the manager has treated the Astros. Um, some bitter because they had what they feel are accolades taken away from them, such as World Series championships, MVPs, the like, uh, money, right? Because there's only so much money to go around, and, and those Astros guys are bringing in a ton of it. Um, if Mike Trout who is the epitome of not going to draw attention to himself, the epitome of, quite honestly, a boring superstar, right? He's he's more in the Tim Duncan mold of superstar than he is in the LeBron James mold of superstar. Mm-hmm. You don't see him in the offseason. He's not on HBO. He's not, you know, on social media kicking up dust. When I respect he, that. When he has something to say, it essentially means everyone is on the same page, Right. He doesn't come out and say anything that's going to ruffle anyone's feathers. So if he is saying the Astros need this punishment, the Astros need that treatment, whatever it is, that is essentially him saying we all think this. Every last one of us is in agreement. And you know what that means? That means guys that plunk Astros, guys that rear back and throw an 89-mile-an-hour fastball into the back of an Astro – is not going to get public vitriol. Is not going to get public reprimand. And if you take away the public backlash, the shaming of it, do it, man. There's going to be games where the Astros are ahead by six, down by six, and it's the sixth inning on, right? Blowout games that happen every single week, every single series in Major League Baseball in both directions. And there is going to be a reliever on the mound. And and the reliever is going to be a little used reliever who they might not need for the next five games. 
and he is going to throw it as hard as he can right at one of the players who it is believed to have cheated. Last five seasons, but over the last five. So what is it? It's going back to 2014. There have been nine teams that have had more than 83 and a half hit by pitches that have been hit more than the over under over under set by the Astros. I will be absolutely flabbergasted. I will be absolutely blown out of my mind if the Astros are not the most hit by pitch team of the last decade. And I'm telling you right now, these pitchers are good. They can make it look like an accident. <laughs> oh, geez, I'm sorry. Oh, it slipped. Oh. Moisture. Moisture, it slipped. Oh, you're crowding the plate. It's a little humid out today. Ah, uh, my bad. New, new, new ball. New ball. Get a new ball. Oh, that looked like it hurt. I'm sorry. Like, it's going to be that obvious. But it's going to be more difficult than that to prove, right? Then they'll get their warnings. Then the next game, they'll do it again. 83 and a half. They will be hit. And the funny part is 83 and a half, 160 games, 162 games. On average, they're going to be getting hit 0.5. If this is true, if that over-under is where it should be, on average, they're going to be getting hit 0.5 times per game. Every other game, someone's going to get hit by, by for the Astros. That sounds like, I mean, it sounds like a lot, obviously. It, it is. is a lot, but I think it's going to be more. If you can find someone to take the bet, put large amounts of money on the over. I will be drastically surprised if they aren't the most hit-by-pitch team of the last decade. Astros, hammer the over. Let's take a break. When we come back, we have our top four, and it's Hokie Hour. Stick around. <laughs> 